Seattle also has coaching news. Now, in our past episode, Dave Canales left. He went to Tampa Bay. Seattle found his replacement in Greg Olson. Not Greg Olsen. It's Greg Olson. Greg Olson. Yes. So it's not the former tight end. It is a guy who's been coaching since 1987 in uh, Washington State. He's 59 years old. He's from Washington, Richmond, Washington. And yeah, it's is really interesting hire because he's, he's got a wealth of experience. I remember he was heavily involved with like uh, John Gruden um, on the field, and uh, was the Raiders' offensive coordinator from 2013 to 2014. Came back to do that in uh, 2018 to 2021. Um, he's also got experience in the Ram system, which Waldron's running a derivative of, where he was their senior offensive assistant last year. He's been a quarterbacks coach for a lot of time as well. Um, Buccaneers, 2008-2009. Rams, 2017. Quarterbacks coach there as well. So that... and. And also quarterbacks coaching uh, with the Detroit Lions and their offensive coordinator 2004-2005. Oh, and and the Bears quarterbacks coach in 2003. So, and cool. the 49ers coach 2001. So basically, he's coached quarterbacks. He's also done it briefly at the college level as well. He's also been an offensive coordinator and he has that experience in a Gruden system, which why does that matter? Well, Pete Carroll at USC, he actually, uh, 2000 and something, he... He went and visited Gruden and took elements of his system to install in the kind of offensive philosophy that he wanted. So he's been a big a fan of what Gruden does X's nose wise for a while, and then the and then there was a similarity between Gruden and and what McVeigh does. And then obviously Waldron, he runs a McVeigh system. So Olsen has experience in that. So it seems like a really good hire and someone who, if the Seahawks resigned, you know Smith, which we presume they will great kind of different voice to take him forwards further you still have Kerry Joseph as the assistant quarterbacks coach and if you know that Seahawks do the surprising thing then this guy's got experience working with I mean no he hasn't been blessed with the best quarterbacks but mm-hmm. he, he's he's worked with quarterbacks so he's got a ton of experience yeah so it's an interesting uh Oh, yeah, it's an interesting route for them as well. Yeah, it's an interesting mm-hmm. route for them to take. You know, because last time you and I were on here, we were talking about like, oh, we just think that it's going to be Kerry Joseph. He's going to get the promotion, and that's it. So I was, I was pretty surprised that they kept Kerry in his current role and uh, brought someone in from the outside. Um, I'm. Is there any sort of overlap with Greg Olson and anyone on the Seahawks offensive staff? Or Pete or anything like because it, well, it's w- Waldron, right? When was Wal? Because oh yeah, he, yeah. But Waldron, I think Waldron in 2017 was the tight ends coach. Yeah, and in LA. Yeah, and so um Olsen was the quarterbacks coach then. So there's that's yeah. some overlap. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, and so and, you get another guy that's yeah, yeah, Dickerson. So yeah, you get another guy that's been at least, you know, around McVeigh for a couple of years because he returned to LA last year to be what a I think it was like senior offensive yeah. assistant or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so there's some connection there and uh, a bit of rapport. So it's kind of a, a natural fit. But uh 
Yeah, I was still a little bit surprised I wasn't just Carrie Joseph, mm. and then they brought in someone else to be the assistant uh, quarterback yeah. coach. But mm. uh, now his big success would, in terms of quarterback development, like obvious quarterback development. I mean, what was Jared Goff doing in twenty seventeen? I mean, that was kind of his breakout, right? Was in twenty seventeen Goff's breakout? So there you go. And then before that, he was the. The Raiders offense coordinator 2013 to 2014. So did Derek Carr play well then? Uh that was 2014 was the year that Carr won yeah. the starting job. Yeah, so he experienced with a young quarterback there. And also uh with the Buccaneers in in 2009, 2011. Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. Yeah, Josh Freeman, yeah. obviously. Really interesting career, but um he, yeah. you know, he looked really good to start off with, didn't he? Um, yeah, like I think like oh nine, I think was Freeman's yeah. big year. Yeah, yeah. So in that sense, there's a kind of young quarterback development and like early promise that you know mm, maybe maybe maybe. <laughs> maybe. But also, I think yeah, just wealth experience. Well, and clearly, Gino is following Dave Canales to Tampa. Oh yeah, I forgot that's happening. Right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So um yeah, interesting ad. Um and then the the Seahawks not only lost Dave Canales, but they also lost Aaron Curry, which we're not used to Seahawks getting coaches hired away all the time. Um, particularly offensive coaches with you know Canales, but uh Curry was an interesting one because Curry was kind of a lateral move for him to leave and go to to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that is an interesting one. So he's he was coaching this past year. The he was listed as a defensive assistant, but he was coaching the outside linebackers, which and before that he'd coached DN. So he was basically an edge rush edge defender coach. And mm-hmm. he's left to go be the inside linebackers coach in Pittsburgh. So maybe he just wanted a different experience. Obviously, Seattle's inside linebackers are coached by John Glenn, who's been on the staff since like basically right. the start of it all. And um so that that's kind of a blocked role, and Glenn's pretty good with the inside linebackers. The other factor here is Curry, I think, was given the opportunity and sort of brought onto the staff, alerted the Seahawks uh, in 2019 when he first joined as just an assistant by Ken Norton Jr. And obviously now Ken Norton Jr. is no longer there, so it's just different relationships, how things change across the league. Right. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to gain more experience coaching a different position and sort of work his way up. He is listed as an inside linebacker's coach. There's no, like, assistant element to it anymore, so, and there's probably a slight pay rise, slight promotion to that all. But yeah, uh, Seattle needs to replace now the outside linebacker coach because they don't have one. They and they're running a three-four. They need a guy to coach the edges. Uh, Damian Lewis coaches the interior of the defensive line. Clint Hurt obviously coaches the defensive line too. But um, Aaron Curry was coaching the outside linebackers and now isn't. And so Seattle needs an outside linebackers coach. I don't know who that would be. There's no obvious in-house replacement. Uh, I know Will Tukarafu is on the staff as an assistant, but um, right. 
he would not really be an outside linebacker dude. So, yeah, yeah. Inter- interesting to see. And that's not to say, like, you don't have to play the position to coach here. Maybe he is, but I, I doubt that's what he's been focusing on. But we'll see. That will yeah. probably an- be announced fairly soon, I'd imagine. Yeah. And uh, for Curry, he uh, links up with Terrell Austin, a former Seahawks coach, of course. So There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a cool story, because, like, obviously, former first-round pick, one of the, like, most infamous busts, if you could say that. And yeah, he's still just thirty six, and he's been. That was always so. Coach. That was always so weird to me, though, that he came back under Pete when, like, he wasn't part of the organization, or like Pete wasn't part of the organization when he was in Seattle, or I guess he was towards the end, right? And Pete, Pete, Pete and John were the ones rid. that. Yeah, he yeah. was the one that like cut him, right? So like, yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird that uh, he ended up coming back. Well, it's cool. He's worked his way up the ladder. Like he was coaching oh, yeah. um, the Charlotte 49ers, who are, I think, D2. Right. Mm, maybe not, just non F, F, FCS, FBS. Yeah, the D1 FBS, not gotcha. FCS. Um, but yeah, he worked his way up coaching the Charlotte 49ers, was their D line coach. And then, yeah, it, I, like I said, I think it was more of a Norton thing. And he I, he spoke about it once in a press conference, but I think he was like slightly skeptical at the start and sort of was won over. So right. yeah, I've I watched a clinic he did Aaron Curry on edge setting. It was just literally mm. a study of outside linebackers across the league how they set the edge. So it's like moderately surprising that he was not. He just likes football. Yeah, good for him to to, to do him. that and a cool. Hopefully, story. continues to work his way up. Maybe he'll get a DC position here in a few years. Yeah, and you don't have to have played well to be a good coach and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, clearly he knows ball at least, so it's good. He does, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's coaching stuff. The Seahawks coaching signed style. players, Ty. Ooh, that's right. Technically, yes. So Phil Haynes. Has been signed to a one-year, four million dollar contract with uh, incentives that can take it up to five, and then Nick Bellore signed a two-year deal, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. Do you? Uh, six point six million dollars over two years, uh, three point seven five million dollars this season. Yeah, um, it's a lot for a special teamer. Like, obviously, he's one of the better special teamers in football, but three plus million dollars a year like that's you don't typically see that for for guys that fill such a, a limited role especially at his age um good for him obviously but uh yeah i'm surprised yeah. they got aggressive on that i mean like both of these deals kind of seem like uh, the, the 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 money on them is pretty striking because like you look at the phil haynes situation as well like he's only played you know he's only started five games uh, he's been, you know, he's he hasn't been able to stay healthy for for most of his career, unfortunately. Like, uh, that's that's a pretty aggressive offer on him, uh, and obviously a no brainer for him to take. Um, I just, I kind of, I kind of wonder, like, what ended up leading to that, like, why uh, the the Seahawks ended up landing on those numbers for both of those guys. Uh, what what made them get there? Like, did they actually think that there was going to be? a significant market for for both of those guys especially Haynes like that's that's a really interesting one in terms of like 
were there other teams that they uh that they thought were going to be pretty aggressive on Haynes and, and why and you know what does that su- suggest to us in terms of like how the rest of the league views Phil Haynes so yeah uh so Brady Henderson in his article he said that Haynes appeared in uh 15 games last season three starts he ranked 29th in ESPN's pass block win rate among guards at 92.4%. And he had uh, a pass block win rate of 100% in five games. So maybe his pass pro's done pretty good in that metric. But also, he was kind of a like a halfway starter last year with Gabe Jackson being banged up, not being able to play as much football. Mm-hmm. Haynes turns 28 in October. It is slightly more than you'd expect, but... You know, they'll cut Gabe Jackson, I imagine. Yeah. And so you need to enter the draft with, like, no holes. That's what Seattle always does. They always try and have options. And so, I and, you know, at a certain point, you need to have players. And I guess Haynes is, is that kind of guy. And it's only a one-year deal. But, yeah, slight, slightly higher than you'd expect now. And, and he'll be given the chance to lose that job of right guard. by And they'll draft a rookie to compete for that. Uh, now... Mm-hmm. Belor last year he earned a uh, four million, uh, almost four point five million dollars. So like it's for fair whack. Wow! And wow. he, I didn't he know is, that. Yeah, he is a special teams captain, which is obviously very important. Schneider yeah. in his radio segment on uh, Bob and Wyman, uh, Wyman and Bob described uh, it as uh, as described Belor as a core guy for them. Like so, he's obviously culturally very important. Yeah. He does turn 34 in, I think it's May. So he's getting up there. But like to be a good special teamer is big. Uh, I don't think he'll play as much linebacker, but he's, you know, he can do that in a very small pinch and he can, and he can play some fullback. Like, gotta let him tote the rock this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Seattle's special teams last year were pretty good. Um, and they obviously value, value special teams highly. But, right. Right. As they should. Uh, and they've obviously, you know, been pretty consistently one of the better special teams units in the last few years under Larry Ezio. So, uh, yeah, you know, keeping those guys together, you know, keeping the the continuity is is very important, uh, especially with with special teams where there's so much churning, uh, so much roster churning and everything. So, um, yeah, and, yeah, and with the with that Belor deal as well being over two years, I need to see how it's structured. But I imagine the second year there's an easier way of getting out of that. Probably, you'd have to probably. Yeah. Have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the past, Seattle's paid slightly more than I for like, you know, kind of depth, like, yeah, borderline, like low quality starters or not premium positions. And the money quickly disappears. But I think Haynes is slightly more than you think. But both these players, I, I thought you'd want to bring back. So. Right. Sure. It's just the price is slightly higher, but then like the cap is going up, and below in particular, I think I'm fine with like it's just a very important yeah. player, like low key important. So, yeah, there you go. And credit to the pedestrian podcast, fellow UK Seahawks commentators who broke the below news. Shout out to Stu and, and uh, Adam, yeah, yeah, there you go. They scooped us, Ty bastards. Uh, when are we gonna get a scoop? Seattle oh, Overload Scoop. Tell me about it. Geno Smith has signed a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't reply to my Instagram DMs about his financial details. So he weird. Twitter hates you, so... 
Yeah. You you True. you ruined that connection last year. True. Like he's like I'm muted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 